first we see in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, we see the command, a command that Paul describes, run, that ye may obtain the prize. Verse 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. So the command is run that ye may obtain. And the explanation behind running the race, running that ye may obtain, run to win. Uh, the background here is no, first line, know ye not that they that run in a race. So the first picture in, in these verses is of a race being run. And the words, know ye not. In other words, the Corinthians are very familiar with the picture that he's talking about because uh, in Corinth is in Greece and uh, the, the Olympic Games and other games in four cities in particular were, were uh, an international event where people would come from, especially all over Greece, but all over the world to compete and to watch the Olympic Games. Uh, I believe at, for most, most of that period of history that in which those games were held, it was just, just for men. There may have been a separate event for women, but um, there, were, there were games held at Corinth uh, once every four years. And there were games held also uh, at Delphi, uh, Nemea, and Olympia. Of course, Olympia, uh, the games held there, they're known as the Olympic Games, are the games in which uh, the Olympics are named after. And so every, each of those competitions, each of those four cities, held those games every, once every four years, like the Olympic Games are today, once every four years. And so basically each year, one of those cities was hosting these games, Olympia being just one of them. Corinth, where this church that Paul is writing to in Corinthians, was one of those cities. So it was something that all the Corinthians were familiar with. So when Paul writes of this picture, they're very familiar with this concept of running a race because of the games that are held there once every four years and then um, each year in one of those other cities. And we see that also through the crown that mentioned. It seems very clearly to be referring to um, the prize that is mentioned here. And so he says, uh, after making that statement, know ye not that they which run a race, referring to those races that, with, with which they are so familiar, he says, um, all run in a race. All the runners who run in a race, they're all trying to win. They're all running. They're all participating. But only one wins the prize. Only one wins the prize. And so he then makes a statement, so run that ye may obtain. In other words, for each of us, run that ye may obtain. And it, the message here is not about earning salvation. It's not about running that only one person, that everybody is competing and only one person is going to make it to heaven. Uh, but, I, but given the context of evangelism in the previous verses, of, um, when it mentions, when Paul is mentioning how he... Uh, puts forth these efforts to win some to Christ. Think, think of it this way. Each person um, that Paul has reached, only one person, there may be several people that have an influence, but one person hopefully will lead them to Christ. 
Um, and each one of those people, either they are going to, each one of those people that we are trying to win to Christ, either they are going to be one or they are not going to be one. And of course, that is not all up to us. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is at work and that person has a free will and they have a choice. But he says to run that you may obtain. And that's part of it. Is when, part of that race is, is, is the, the endeavor, the efforts to win people to Christ. Part of it is running the Christian life. And we're going to see reference to that by the end of this passage as well, of what he, what he means, what he's referring to in running the race. So the first, first aspect here we see is the command to run that you may obtain. Next we see described the crown. So first we have the command, then we have the crown that is described. And it's described as an incorruptible prize, incorruptible. Look at verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. We're going to come back to the idea of being temperate in all things. It's going to be mentioned in the following verses. But the idea of temperance is of self-control. In other words, an athlete separates himself from certain things. Separates himself from wine and separates himself from um, leisure and things, anything that's going to distract him. They they have the concept in in Hebrews 12 about laying aside every weight and uh, sin that so easily besets us. And the concept of a race is used other places in Scripture and, and, and finishing our course. That picture is used by Paul on a couple other occasions. And here you see it here in that like an athlete disciplines himself and prepares himself for the event in which he competes. So we are also to do so, and that's going to be mentioned. But notice that the athlete does this. He makes these efforts to obtain a corruptible crown. In other words, the crown isn't going to last. Um, the gold or silver or bronze medal is temporary. It's only in this life. It's, it's not an eternal reward like the rewards that God has in store for those of us who serve him faithfully um, in this Christian life that we are living. And at this time in history, in the Olympic Games, the reward for the winner, the one winner of each event or the race, was a crown of, 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 made of an olive branch. And each city actually had a different, uh, had a crown like that, was made of a different material. In the, in, in the Delphic Games, it was made of uh, apple tree branches. And the Nemean, the Nemean crown was made of parsley. And the Corinthian crown was made out of pine. The Olympic crown the, that we're more familiar with was olive branches. So each of those, that, that crown is not going to last. It's corruptible. It's going to fade. It's going to die. It's a corruptible crown. And so they're running for that crown. And oftentimes there was a lot of, of course, prestige that went with it. And when the Olympic athlete would win that race, not only would he receive that crown, but sometimes he'd be able to go to travel around to cities in a chariot and in a procession. And people would uh, greet him uh, as a a celebrity. And sometimes money would be given out of the public treasury to him as, as that winner, as that celebrity. Uh, but that crown itself was temporal. It was corruptible. It was not going to last. But, notice at the end of verse 25, but we 
and incorruptible. So in other words, the crown for which we uh, strive, for which we separate ourselves, for which we uh, discipline ourselves and set ourselves aside to serve God, like Paul had, was, is incorruptible. So there are eternal rewards waiting for those who faithfully serve God and live uh, the Christian life for God. And this is not referring again to salvation and earning salvation, but rather the rewards that await in heaven. And it talks about that in in many other passages as well, that there are eternal rewards, there are crowns and uh, recognition waiting in heaven uh, according to the faithfulness of that we that we have here that we display here on earth for God and so we see first the command in verse 24 and then we see the crown in verse 25 in verses 26 and 27 we find Paul's conclusion the conclusion uh, that Paul comes to in this passage and that is that we he must not we must not run uncertainly we must not run uncertainly that's our conclusion that he reaches uh, verse 26, I therefore, so you see the, the terminology of coming to a conclusion, I therefore, so after making these statements concerning the command to run that you may obtain, run to win the prize. In other words, put forth all your efforts to win, to, to do your best. And then verse 20, in verse 25, we saw the crown that awaits, the incorruptible crown. And therefore the conclusion, I therefore, so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. So I run, not uncertainly. And he gives a picture to illustrate what he means by uncertainly. He says, I fight not as one that beateth the air. Another event that would be held in those games was boxing. And so what he's saying here is that He's going to hit the mark. He's not, going, he's not just hitting air, but he's going to hit his mark. He's, in other words, he's going to reach goals. He's going to obtain objectives. He's, he's not doing the works that he's doing in vain. There's, God is going to bless his labors, is what he's saying. That the, the labors that, he, that uh, he is doing for the work of the gospel, they're not going to be in vain. God is going to use whether it's by planting the seed of the gospel or by watering it or by being the one who gets to see uh, the conversion take place, the, the, uh, the growth take place, God is going to use his efforts. They're not in vain. He is not fighting as one that's um, beating the air. In verse 27, but I keep under my body. So part of... Part of Running not uncertainly means self-discipline. Part of making sure that he's reaching his goal, that he's achieving his objective, that he's hitting the mark, hitting the target. Part of that process to be able to do that, not as uncertainly, is to keep under his body and bring it into subjection. And, of course, with the athlete, you have the example of the, the athlete must keep his body in a certain type of shape depending on what the event is, whether for swimming, he has to um, uh, really work at, that, at swimming or running and really get every part of that down and keep in physical good condition so that he is able 
to do his best and perform his best to achieve that goal of winning the prize. And with Paul, he's, we're talking, when he's talking about his body, of course, that can refer to you know, his, where, where his feet go, what his hands do, what his mouth speaks, um, and uh, his eyes, his ears, every part of keeping that in submission to God and making sure that his lifestyle is not getting in the way of the objective, that it's discipline, that it's not um, impeding the t- his Christian testimony in any way. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. And that does not refer to, um, that word castaway does not refer to losing salvation. It refers rather to becoming unapproved, is what that word means, unapproved also could be used as useless or rejected. In other words, uh, becoming ineffective, not meeting the goal. Um, you know, for example, uh, Bernie read this morning from Titus a list of uh, qualifications for a pastor. You know, for me to, at some point, not meet those qualifications, to, um, that would be not keeping under subjection and becoming a castaway. And that is something uh, that each of us, uh, not just as a pastor but, or a deacon, but um, in, in our lives, need to strive to, to discipline ourselves like an athlete, to set ourselves aside, to have the de- kind of devotion that an athlete has for competing in an event, to have that kind of devotion, that kind of zeal, that kind of motivation and, and effort and I know that many of you do, and, and uh, perhaps all of you have that. And I want to encourage you uh, to keep on, because each, in any event, you know, the longer you live, the longer, um, the longer a race is, the longer a, uh, a swim is, the longer a run is, the more endurance you need. And this um, whole message is to encourage. Run that you may obtain. Run the race. And, uh, you know, at the end of Paul's life in Second Timothy, he writes, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And so at the end of our life, that's the goal, to be able to look back and say, I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course. And this is a, a good analogy, and it's one that I wanted to bring tonight. As uh, sometimes I will, um, I mentioned, you know, preaching through books, but oftentimes I want to, um, for example, on September 11th, there might be a September 11th, or obviously Christmas time, Christmas message, obviously Easter, but other holidays as well, certain special times of the year. And, and, and this, this message is because, you know, right now, every, once every four years, you have these Olympic events. And um, this passage speaks to that. And really, you have the illustration before us, and perhaps in our minds. And this is one that this week we can remember what we saw in this passage. If you happen to... to um, just watch any of the Olympic events to remember the concept that Paul gives here of an athlete through this command that he gives to run the race that you may obtain the prize run to win and also the crown the incorruptible crown that awaits that is far more valuable than a gold medal or all the prestige that comes with it that the Olympic race uh, runners there are setting themselves to. 
You know, as that, that passage in Scripture mentions, you know, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, you know, and lose his own soul? We have something, and I'm so grateful for some of the athletes that have Christian testimonies and that uh, share them. And, uh, but the, even the prizes that, that they win in, in, the, in the form of an Olympic medal is nothing compared to the rewards that God has waiting in heaven for those who are faithful in this life. So remember that crown and remember the conclusion of this passage. The conclusion of following this command and remembering that there's a crown waiting is that we need to um, keep our bodies under subjection. That we need to fight not as uncertainly, not as uncertainly, but to hit the mark, hit the, uh, the target by being disciplined in our walk with God setting aside time each day to pray, setting aside each time each day, each day to spend with God, hearing from God through His Word, and of course seeking for opportunities to share the Gospel. And, and I've been very encouraged by some, some of you who have, have done that and shared testimonies of that. And I'm very grateful for, for that being here in this church and, and uh, for many of you being involved in such efforts. So let ourselves remind ourselves this week, do we have that kind of devotion that a gold medal athlete displays in living for God, for His glory, and for the furtherance of the gospel? It's in prayer.